Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Barnhart, along with author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg. We're here to encourage you wherever you are on your healing journey. In each episode, we will chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you found us. Let us help you find your joy in life. All right. So hello out there, podcast world. Irene is here with me again for a special guest tonight. Irene, hello. Hi. 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 Hi, everyone. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Yeah? Really great. This is so exciting to be beginning our podcast. Life, right, so I call it, and, and, to be, and to be starting these wonderful interviews. And tonight we have a very special guest that's actually um, been very beneficial in your life, right? Yeah, absolutely. It is my honor to uh, introduce all of you to Seta Araz Shahinian, who was pivotal in my healing journey after I lost my husband due to a tragic car accident when he died next to me. Uh, two of the two people who helped me to heal from my overwhelming grief was one woman who was a life transition coach and Seta who helped me remove energetic blocks to healing that I had, helped me remove evil eyes that were on me, all kinds of things that she did to help me progress to add to the next chapter of my life. Well, this so is very, that, very interesting. I feel like this is definitely something a lot of people probably aren't used to hearing about. So let's bring Seta in and let's, uh, let's ask her some questions. Yeah, Seta, <laughs> tell us about you. <laughs> Hi, I'm, it's a pleasure to be with you ladies tonight and uh, feel free to ask away. <clears throat> yeah, thanks okay. for taking some time tonight to hang out with us and do this new adventure of ours, as you know how uh, Irene likes to take on lots of fun, new eccentric uh, things. And so I think this and is I'm our so newest very fun, <laughs> our newest fun adventure. And so um, we, I think it, you know, I mean, Seta, I've actually met you too um, since Irene's introduced us and it's very intriguing, I guess, what you do. So I think, why don't you explain to us, you know, briefly exactly what a healer is and what you do for people? I'm an energetic healer and an alternative care practitioner. In energetic healing, we have to understand that it's, there's much more to us than just the physical body that we see. We have an entire energetic magnetic field, and uh, I'm going to call it uh, an energetic blueprint. We have many levels and layers and Everything that is there is information. It's almost as though we have a computer that actually denotes everything about us and everything that will happen to us. So that, that is exactly why, for example, psychics are able to read your energy because the past, present, and future is all written there. So it's really a matter of really understanding what's there and what are the dynamics and what are the patterns involved. And that's where energetic healing comes in because, you know, we all want to be whole and healthy and sound and we want to be happy, and we want to receive abundance um, and love. But many of us have difficulties in those areas. And so my job is to ascertain exactly mm-hmm. where the blockage is and what is holding the person back from progressing. And the energetic structure is actually quite complicated. Um, we have a structure that actually dictates our reality. So when we try and address a problem only on the physical level or only on the mental-emotional level, 
we are ignoring all the restrictive patterns that are still present that still have to be contended with and dissolved. Now, do we bring these patterns in from when we're born from other lifetimes, or are they patterns that just develop in this lifetime? How does that work? Well, I, think, I think most important, actually, is the fact that people have to be aware that when you indulge a thought over and over again, it actually creates a very fixed pattern. So if you feel life is a struggle, I can assure you that life will be a but what if life really is a struggle? What if someone really is struggling with um, financial problems or whatever? Aren't they going to think about, wow, this life is lousy? So are they bringing something on themselves? Should they be like so, Pollyannas? So we have, we have the original <laughs> issue, right? Like, so look, we have the original issue where we have one struggle, okay? And then if we contemplate that struggle so often that we actually create a fixed pattern, then that struggle becomes permanent. So there are ways of, of looking at something in, in a realistic manner without indulging and complaining. You know, the, the, the law of attraction says, you know, when you complain about something, be assured that, that you can continue complaining about that in the future because it's going to be present. The more you complain about something, the more present it will be and the stronger it will be. So we have, you know, we have to really be mindful of our thoughts and what we say. And I don't think people generally are not aware of how detrimental negative thoughts can be. I think that's a really interesting point that you bring up because I see a lot of things, especially here in New York with, um, they don't think of it as like healing and they're energetic, but it's more, they think of it as like visionaries and visioning what they want to see in their future, which is pretty much exactly the same thing you're saying and how it's how they can manifest this through like positive you know, sayings and just saying nice things about ourselves every day. Cause I feel like, you know, you guys can probably agree that we just put ourselves down a lot more than we really bring ourselves up. And, you know, a lot of this is really just trying to find, as you said, ways to kind of manifest your own positive outlooks on life and to like turn things into the way you want them to be instead of always being so hard. Like we're making things harder on ourselves technically. Right. right? Yeah, but that's absolutely. true. But Seta is almost a shorthand to that because when you go for an appointment with her, she can help facilitate it and help to uh, more quickly remove those patterns or change those thought imprints than you can do it on your own, which is part of the healing part. Is that correct, Seta? Yes, absolutely. Like today, I had a client from New Mexico and, and her patterns had stabilized permanently as restrictions from the age of 17 onwards. And, you know, it was 20 years later now. So sometimes even talk therapy, for example, isn't quite enough. We can develop an awareness. But how do you dissolve those patterns that are in your energetic blueprint? And if your energetic blueprint dictates your reality, then you can see how it can become a vicious cycle. So how did you, like, Seta, how did you even get into all of this? And how did you realize, like, you had a talent to help people? So um, my son did very, very poorly after vaccinations. And in fact, this is pre-internet and even pre-cell phone, I can say. Um, he's 26 years old now. And he lost all speech. You know, um, he was mute for about two and a half years. So he was about four and a half, almost five years old. And he still was unable to speak. Wow. And I remember um, spending $950 to go to the top neurologist in the city, an appointment that I had waited for more than a year. And, uh, and all she told me was that your son will never speak. And she said, learn sign language. Mm. And, and I left there and I was positive that if, if there was a problem that God would also create a path for me to find a solution. And I prayed and, and the solution came to me and 
it was a combination initially of homeopathy, which is an incredible source uh, of um, healing, actually, that has been around for hundreds of years, and uh, energy work. And I actually had gone to, later on, I, I realized that my son was allergic to every single thing that he consumed uh, because the intestinal wall had been compromised and food was leaking out into the, from the gut into the bloodstream. And then he was developing antibodies to every food. And anything and everything that he ate prevented him from speaking and functioning. It was really atrocious, actually. Um, and so I understood that he had brain allergies and he was highly allergic in his constitution. And I found a pediatric environmental allergist. I spent $8,000 in one week where she actually developed a serum that I would inject in him daily. But two seconds before I left, she said to me, you seem to be an open-minded mother. She said, I can only help you manage these allergies. There is a healer in Canada, she said, who can eradicate them. And I went. Uh, it took six months. My husband is a physician. He did not believe. Um, my parents accompanied mm. me. And it was the beginning of the biggest change of my life. And I realized while he was working on my son that I had an affinity. I could actually feel what was happening. And uh, it was pretty miraculous. And he's wow. very well now. And uh, she was wrong. Wow, actually, how wonderful <laughs> that she was so, wrong. Like, yeah. You say it was taking six months. I mean, how long till you saw any progress? I mean, was it frustrating to like, I mean, was there any signs to know that you were on the right path and you were doing the right thing or was it all kind of faith-based no it was really pretty immediate actually so the the first thing that i did actually was take him off of dairy and within 24 hours my son started to babble wow it's a little bit of a, a longer story but, but my, i had gone to brazil to visit my cousin and she was doing all this hair and blood analysis with this lab in chicago and um, when my son <clears throat> was diagnosed to be on the spectrum, uh, they said he needed massive doses of vitamin B6. So I sent his blood to this lab in Chicago uh, years later uh, from, from my visit to Brazil. And it just so happened to be that the biochemist there was the only chemist that had um, knowledge of children on the spectrum. And I ended up speaking to him personally, and he told me to take my son off of dairy and wheat, and within, literally, I did dairy first, and within 24 hours, he was babbling, and then within days, he was speaking. Within a month, it was full sentences and words. So you can imagine that an allergy can prevent speech, the development of speech, and how many people are really ignorant of how Yeah, allergies. I had no idea about that even. Isn't that That's amazing? Incredible. And, that, and the other thing you're talking about that I'd love to get you back to talk about is homeopathy. So many people don't understand what that is and don't understand how that can help and that there are certain people who, uh, like you, Seka, who know about that. It's a, it's a different kind of a treatment. It's not medicine and, and how, what that is like. And that's, an, that's another so conversation. Yes. I mean, homeopathy is based on like cures like. So the law of attraction is like attracts like and like cures like. If you think about allopathic medicine, um, we take a prescription, let's say, for blood sugar or high blood pressure. The minute you stop taking the medication, the symptoms are no longer suppressed and they appear again. So we know that it's not fixing anything. It's just really treating the symptom and managing the symptom. Right. Whereas homeopathy goes to the very source and, and it secretes it. It exteriorizes whatever the disease is, the lack of ease within you. And you have to do it carefully and you have to go to a good homeopath uh, so that you don't have what we call a similar aggravation. So you don't feel worse before you get better. But, uh, but it's pretty 
curative in ways. For example, if somebody has an autoimmune disease, I have to tell you that I think auto um, homeopathy is one of the foremost options that I would I would look into for autoimmune disease. Wow, and the and the thing is, Satya, did you go to school to learn each of those modalities? I mean, you have a. I mean, I've been to you. You you have. Uh, yeah. I can't even count how many modalities you use depending on how you intuit what a person needs. And so have you learned about each one of these separately? I, I studied homeopathy probably for about 10 years um, mm-hmm. on and off. Um, and now, of course, because homeopathy is really energy medicine, in many ways my energetic expertise really allows me to um, narrow in and, 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 and select the remedy, the chosen remedy. Uh, that is indicated. But I did study many different modalities, and I use a combination of them. But I have to tell you that, as you well know, the modality that I use the most um, is the modality of prayer. I was just going to ask you about that. I think you, I would love you to explain to people what that's about, because I have often said prayers addressing an issue uh, in your in your studio there, and I'd love you to tell people um, what how you employ prayer for your healing. Well, you know, the one way in which we are all created equal is, is the fact that we are all have access to God because we have a soul. I truly believe that um, our soul is one aspect of God. They say if God were an ocean, we're one drop of that ocean. Right. And so, or you could also call God the source, however you want to see that. Right. Right. So, so because we have a soul, the minute we pray, it immediately goes you know, to the divine. And when we pray, many people, their third eye is open, so they don't see this, but, but it rains light on us. It actually looks like fireworks. I think fireworks were invented just for me to be able to explain what it looks like when somebody prays. And, and if you can think of a blockage, okay, that's sort of dark, and it's in your blueprint or it's in your physical body, when we pray, it's, it's a laser beam that comes in and slowly shaves it off and shaves it off and shaves it off until it disappears and dissolves. And that's why prayer is really the greatest shortcut. Because when we pray, it raises our frequency. And as our frequency goes up, that which is negative can no longer cohabitate the same area. And it flees or it dissolves. And that's Now, is it long-lasting when, when people pray? Or can the symptoms come back unless they keep a certain attitude and, and keep prayer or whatever? Do they, uh, is there... so, so, you know, a daily conversation with God helps tremendously because, you know, God honors free will. So if you don't pray, you're not going to receive the assistance. I, I want to give you one example of something. Um, one, and it's about the word surrender because a lot of people are very uncomfortable with the word surrender. And they certainly, many people don't want to surrender to God or feel that they don't have control over their lives. Although the truth is that we don't really have control. Yeah, a lot of people have control all kinds of control uh, issues. Go ahead. They do. So, so he gave me an example. He said, you know, he said, everybody already has become accustomed to surrendering in their lives. And I asked how so. And this is a private conversation with spirit when nobody was present here, um, meaning a client. And he said, well, if your parents uh, are the parents of your body, I am the parent of your soul. And when your parent uh, prepares a meal for you, you come down and you eat the meal that they prepared. And hopefully you say thank you. Um, A five-year-old doesn't have the ability to prepare their own meals. They don't have the money. They don't have the means for transportation. They can't go food shopping, come back, reach the counter, cook the food, and prepare the food for themselves. So he said, you see that if the five-year-old doesn't surrender to their parent and doesn't choose to eat what the parent prepares, 
he said they're certainly in a far worse position than if they had acquiesced and surrendered. And if they said thank you because they liked the meal, then that parent would very much want to duplicate that meal and create it again for their enjoyment. Okay? And so he said to me, he said, you are all five-year-olds. He said, you all need so much help. He said, you're struggling by yourselves, but if you ask for help, you will receive it. Because there are people on the other side, uh, spirit guides or angels or angelic beings or masters who can help you. They are there. When I pray, my room where I work just fills up with spirit. And it's, it's the most beautiful thing. And I have to tell you that there's not a single instance where I prayed where the room remained empty and I didn't see all of the, all of the divine supporting the person for which we're praying. So it's an equal opportunity. Prayer is equal opportunity for all of us. But we have to, we really have to pray. And, um, and it helps a great deal. What about people who are afraid that negative things can come through? I'm sure you create protection around your space so that that can happen, right? Yes. I mean, I will never work on somebody without praying in advance so that I know that everything that comes through is pure. Uh, no say for a good 10 minutes in preparation of that. So if somebody was interested, I mean, this is, you know, I just find this very exciting and interesting because I just see a lot of this sort of different energy and this healing starting to really take a hold on a lot of people. They're much more interested in this whole spiritual connection for themselves and finding ways to just make themselves better. But, you know, this is still pretty, you know, a different aspect than many people are used to. So, you know, Seta, like, how would you recommend if like somebody's just out there listening and they're like, just really sad, like they're down on their luck, you know, I mean, it could be anything. And that's really what this whole podcast is about. It's just dealing with grief on so many different levels, whether it's, you know, losing someone or just losing a job or, you know, losing a good promotion, anything like that. And if someone's just sad, like you said, and they want to manifest these better opportunities for their lives and learn how prayer can even, you know, like you said, kind of raise their vibrations and everything like how do you, like, how do you get started with that? Like, how do they, you mean, like, what would they do, like, when they come to you? Like, how do people Sarah, kind of why prep for you, that? Sarah, why don't you tell everyone about that amazing story about that woman whose son was murdered and, and exactly um, what modal? I think people would learn by hearing what you did and what modalities you did and what that woman's story was like, because it's a very, very poignant story. So, you know the story well, because Irene actually referred her to me. And it was a woman whose son had passed away, had been murdered many, many years. Prior. He was shot. He was shot, right? <clears throat> I believe so. And, and she said to me that she cried every single day and that people were impatient with her. They said, come on, you should be over this by now. Years have passed. You're not doing any better. And, and I looked at her and I knew uh, what the problem was. I'm going to give you an example. Let's say that you're going to um, a movie theater with your girlfriends and you're in a great mood and you enter the movie theater and the movie is a tragedy and the heroine dies and half the people are crying. And now there's this energy of grief that's, you know, throughout the movie theater. And that energy of grief actually will envelop us, all of us. As we leave the theater, we, you know, you know very well that we can be really affected by our mood can be affected by the movie, right? I'm sure you've both experienced it. Mm -hmm. So, if we change the subject and we stop talking about it, that negative energy that envelops us will simply dissipate. But what if we have grief within us? 
and it struck a chord in us, and we continuously think about the movie. At that point, we now have a written invitation, and that negative energy that was around us, on the outside of us, seeps in and embeds itself within us. And now, instead of your grief being on a level of a one or a two, your grief is on the level of an eight, a nine, or a ten. And that is exactly what happened to this woman. She could not raise her frequency high enough to eject the grief. And so the grief was there, present for years. And, of course, um, energy is energy, and it dictates our reality. And so she would cry every day. And, and I used prayer as a primary modality. And as I prayed, her frequency increased and increased and increased. And we're not talking about one prayer, right? We're talking about praying probably for like an hour. This is not, I mean, it's a shortcut in regards to what's out there. For example, if we're dissolving a huge pattern that you've had for 20 years, but still we're talking about praying for an hour, an hour and a half, et cetera. And there are very specific prayers. Um, yes, and I always notice that you, you, you tailor the prayer for the situation. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I happen to be Armenian, for example, and some of the prayers that I use are from the 11th century, from the 6th century. Um, you know, I write my own prayers. Actually, I download prayers. So it, a lot of it has to do with initially where I do an invocation and I ask for help and I ask for protection and I ask for the energy to be cleared. And then the next step is actually declaring an intention. And your intentions have to be stated positively. If you're complaining in your prayer, God, you know, help you because you're gonna, <laughs> everything you say is a mirror. Just think of it as a mirror. Every single thing you say is going to come right back at you as your reality. Every single thing you say is planted, okay, in your future. It's a seed. You walk through time and space until that becomes your reality. So you have to be so mindful. If people just knew how to be mindful of their words and to exert self-control, I can't even tell you how much easier their lives would be. Well, that's, I think that's a really interesting point because I think, I mean, I don't know. I'm just thinking like overall is like people when they pray, I mean, are people, like you said, are they really mindful of what they say? When you, I would think when you ask for prayer and for help, it would be because you need that help and you wouldn't really necessarily be positive about it, right? You would be like, I'm in such a bad place. Please help me. You know what I mean? It's not more like I need to be lifted. And maybe that's like a whole series of understanding how to actually pray properly. I'm actually, I actually have, I, I actually have a whole thing that I've written about how prayers manifest. Like that's how, another, how that's another podcast. That's another podcast. And then, and then actually what makes our prayers different? Why is one person's prayer maybe more effective than another person's prayer? And then how to pray, how not to pray. So these are all um, very important to be honest with you. And, 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 far more in depth than what we can cover tonight, I think. But needless to say, you have to state everything in, in the positive manner. Thank you, God, for helping me find the most ideal job, you know, a lucrative, with lucrative compensation, with a great team and, and a wonderful, harmonious environment where I can grow and develop and utilize all of my talents and skills. You know, so instead of saying the negative version of that, Everything we say, thank you, God, for helping me encounter, you know, uh, hmm. no. my ideal mate. You know, uh, thank you for helping me recognize him and having him recognize me or what, whatever you want to say. But you have to say it in a positive way. And if you think it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. I can guarantee it won't happen. And if you thought that it can't happen it's not, and, and you've created a permanent pattern, um, at that point, 
you, you don't even have the will alone. Because if I say something once, okay, to overwrite something negative, but I've said the negative thing a thousand times, how am I going to think positively with the same intensity and frequency that I indulge the negative? It almost never happens because the person is too downtrodden to ever, or too, you know, in such a bad state that they can't stay, maintain that positivity. And so therefore we come to prayer. And that's why someone like you is so helpful, because as a healer, if someone just can't lift themselves up or doesn't feel that their prayer is doing anything, they can come to you and you can help them to get over their roadblock to move forward. Exactly. So coming back to the story of the woman whose son was murdered, that was it. She stopped crying. Right. So she had a foreign energy that mandated that she cry constantly and grief and all these other different negative energies that were sort of intertwined and when they were lifted and I'm going to say God lifted them from her and then she was she was fine she had actually processed it but she she couldn't show that she had processed it because of the influence of the foreign energy so for example when somebody comes to me with depression the first thing that I ask their energy is how much is this chemical how much is this a chemical imbalance versus how much is this on the energetic realm and you that applies also when someone comes to you with a physical ailment. I know that you've even helped someone who had pancreatic cancer in just a few months to live, and you did something, he's alive like five years later or something, right? Yes, yes, because if you can look at the energy, if you can look at energy and understand what causes it and when it began and what's the origin, um, you can, if you can dissolve it and the person really has the faith and is able to you know, change their attitude, you would be amazed at how how much people can shift. But it's, um, it's, it's just very important that we know that I don't, I hate to see needless suffering and a lot of people are suffering needlessly because they don't know that shortcuts are available. And, you know, uh, saying a prayer for two minutes is also not going to cut it. But something like, for example, many people know the Lord's Prayer, right? The Our Father. So you can declare your intention and then for as long as you need to, you can repeat the Our Father, you know, uh, if you don't have any other prayers at your disposal, for example. But I hope to be, you know, delivering a series of prayers with intentions um, specific to, it could be exorcism, or it could be curses, or it could be love, or abundance, or forgiveness, anything, and, uh, and the follow-through of the prayers that would help that. That's wonderful. Seth, another thing people come to you for is uh, when they cannot conceive. And what, what is the um, spirit, what is the energetic dynamic with that? And does prayer help with that? Well, first of all, yes, it does. But first of all, I have to tell you that in order for a couple to conceive, there has to be a soul that's willing to come in. And you can do a million IVF, but if there's no indicated soul, it's not going to happen. Um, also, we have, there's the root chakra, which is really right behind that pubic bone. And, uh, and that root chakra has to be open. If that root chakra is not open, there's not enough energetic circulation to sustain the growth and development. So even if there is a conception, the implantation process doesn't really hold through. And there's So that's why sometimes people miscarry and all. Yes, they can. That's going to be absolutely. Other than the fact that sometimes, right, if they're not a chromosomal match or there's some kind of a mm-hmm. genetic, you know, reason for it. But um, it's, you know, I actually was very pleased that I had a, it was, it was funny. I had a woman who wanted to conceive for the third time, and her first two pregnancies were through IVF, and she had endometriosis, and uh, and she conceived the night that she came to see me. <laughs> that day, same wow! Night. You know, so talk um, about a testimonial, <laughs> right? Yes, I'm sure she would write one for me. 
if need be. Actually, I don't. She sent me many clients, so that's her testimonial. Um, but but there's there's so much that we can do, and so just know that what we have to do is be aware of: do we have a fixed pattern? Can we be introspective enough to, you know, have an awareness to understand where where are our patterns? What are the six negative thoughts that we have? And when we see that we're repeating the same pattern over and over again, we have to understand that now that's in our energetic blueprint. And we're going to have to do something to dissolve that. So, Seta, um, how would somebody, like, how do you have people approach you? And I know you've done some events in the past where you've done, like, a large audience of prayer. Do you, do you still do those? I do, but I haven't done one lately, to be honest with you. And as a matter of fact, I was thinking about what I should do. I'm sure that I will do one soon in the next few months. Because you're located in New Jersey, um, so people can always get you from, like, around the New York City area. But you do do a lot of these healings just over the phone, right? So you could really be anywhere in the world and call you, and you can still kind of work with them. And I have clients in many other countries as well, you know. So... um, because just as you can pray for somebody long distance, right, you can do energetic healing long distance if you're going to be using prayer as a primary modality. I know. I, I've known a lot of people who have been healed, had healing sessions with you by phone. They don't necessarily have to come to your yeah. location. It's true. It's true. How can people get a hold of you if they're, if they're um, wanting to reach so out I, to you? I really feel that texting is best. Somebody can just text and introduce themselves. And, and ask for an, an appointment. And my number is 201-805-4742. And they should let them know that they, that you, that they came to you through the podcast. Yes, definitely. And um, honestly, I don't advertise at all. It's only really word of mouth. So that would be beneficial for me to know. <laughs> and we'll put all these, we'll have these in the show notes on our website, um, that you can find and everybody can kind of contact you and we'll, we'll include that there for them as well. Um, but hopefully, yes, you'll be getting a onslaught of text messages <laughs> after we put this podcast up. I mean, I'm intrigued. I know Seto, we haven't talked in a while and just chatting with you makes me just want to jump in because I think a lot of people just don't, you know, realize, like you said, like how, negative we actually are on ourselves and how much that can really affect our overall life and just how kind of deep you get into it and these habits of just life every day and you know it's it's rough and the world right now is in a rough place I think a lot of people are just upset about so many things that are happening and you know any kind of positivity and healing is good and I think that's why a lot more people are searching for this connection of spirituality and really trying to open themselves up to understanding this. So, yes. you know, I think and it's I a really good time to talk I about it. Really, yeah. The healthiest I relationship we need to have is the relationship with ourselves, right? Because we can only receive as much love as we give ourselves. So if you find somebody lamenting over, oh, there are no good men out there, for example, you know, the first question I ask her is, you know, how, how receptive are you? How much do you love yourself? So we have to look towards ourselves. We have the answers, but we just have to develop that awareness. I must say that with my grieving journey, um, I found that grief exacerbated, brought up a lot of old issues that I had that were self-esteem issues. And, you know, while I was happily married and in my life, uh, those issues were not as pronounced. But when my husband passed and he was no longer 
uh, with me all of a sudden, you know, can I really do this? My, my lack of belief in myself in certain ways, different, you know, issues that I had rose to the surface and Seta was wonderful. And as well as this life transition coach, they were both wonderful in helping me to, um, address these issues. I didn't even know they were there. Then, then they helped me see that they were there and they helped me heal and get beyond them. And it's made a profound difference in my life. Well, you were on a spiritual quest and you were a very, a very avid learner and you were very dedicated to your journey, which shows. Thank you. Thank you. And I think people don't even know that they can do this, that they can change the way their attitudes, they can change the way, uh, they're thinking about their situations or the way they're um, uh, dealing with certain things that happen in their lives, that there are options that they don't even know that could help them. They, uh, suffering can be optional. You don't necessarily have to be suffering throughout your life with everything that happens. You don't have to be a victim. I, I think of my son, right? He would be a mute child. He would be a mute young man now had I not pursued alternative care. Or this woman whose son was murdered would still be crying every single day. Yes, because I think close to, you know, 10 years had elapsed. I don't quite remember exactly, but many, many years had gone by. And it was the same vicious cycle day after day. So we don't need to suffer needlessly. That's true. Wow. Seta, if you were going to give people a tip on finding joy in life, what would that be? You know, the first thing that I believe... Um, is paramount for happiness is gratitude, right? If you're expressing gratitude, how can you simultaneously be angry? How can you simultaneously be sad? Every, every single moment that you express gratitude, um, it actually opens up your receptivity from the divine. It brings you more in alignment with source. It makes you more readily able to receive um, blessings and abundance. It, it actually... Um, diffuses negative energy within you it doesn't allow that negative energy to remain if when we are uh, gratitude is like medicine it is medicine the more we are grateful the higher our frequency becomes and gratitude is the first step of abundance so if you can be grateful you will be preparing and planting seeds for your future that are positive because you're going to be grateful for Everything, every little thing, you know, somebody who can't move, for example, who's in a wheelchair. I'm so grateful that I can walk across this room. Um, you don't have to necessarily even be grateful for something that already exists. You can thank God in advance and plant that seed so that it can more readily come to you. And there are so many uh, visual exercises, actually, of, of visualizing your future self and then bringing that energy into the now. There, there are so many little shortcuts that we have um, and visualization is, of course, is one of those. Affirmations is another one. Prayer is another one. Gratitude is another one. We have so many tools at our disposal, and we, but we have to be committed to improving our, our own lives and, um, and supporting ourselves along our spiritual path because the only reason we're on earth is for our souls to evolve. So we leave, when we die, we leave our corpse behind. Everything is left behind. The only thing that leaves is our soul. So the question is, did our soul evolve or did it devolve? And, uh, it's and basically important. every single soul comes here to evolve, to grow. This is school right. and, and heaven is home. Yes. And you know, in the book, what did you say? What did, what did spirit say to you? About, you, about, uh, about which subject? About being loving and kind to everyone or that, that, yeah. that was home and, and this is school? 
And yep. I, asked, I asked Mother Mary a question, and I said, Mother Mary, I said, when, when is it that we, we stop coming back? And she said to me, when you can be kind and loving to everyone, and when your no, words never harm or hurt anyone, then you don't have to come back. Wow. Well, I think a lot of us have a lot of evolving to do <laughs> in this world. We'll just put it that way. But it's I think that's just a wealth of knowledge. And I think even just talking with you about it makes you feel better, you know? And I hope yeah. people listening to this podcast will, you know, take this as like a good first step in the right direction and, and learn to start healing themselves and find ways to just be more positive and, you know, figure out their journey. Right. And we're here to help them, uh, to, to, to help people to know that they have options and what's, and what a lot of those options are and to talk with wonderful people like Setha who are actively helping people to heal and move past their suffering. And I feel like Seta, we could talk to you for hours and, and I, I hate to cut this a little bit short, but, um, we want to leave a little teaser for other people to want to, to call you later or have you back on the show and, and talk about more later. Um, but you know, thanks for, again, for taking the time to talk with us tonight. And I really think that, you know, it's been inspiring and hopefully people will hear what you have to do and, and take it in the right way. Give them your number one more time, Cheta. It's 201-805-4742. And let her know you came through the podcast. Yes. And so there are, I think, a few prayers on my website, and it's ehealings.com. What is it again, ehealings.com? Yes, with an S on the end. Mm -hmm. Okay. And like I said, we'll have this on the website. It's actually going to be hosted right now on ireneweinberg.com. So, Irene, it's your new website coming. Hi. <laughs> um, but we will have show notes, and there will be links and everything that will go out for now. Um, and, uh, yeah, if any other questions, you guys, feel free to email us or shoot us messages. Um, we can definitely help you get in contact with Seta. And, um, well, thanks, ladies. I guess till next time, we'll have to. From our hearts, from our, heart, from our hearts to everyone listening in, thank you. You're, you're in service. So when we're in service, we don't need as much luck because we're already um, divinely guided. So that's, that's beautiful. Okay. <laughs> thanks, Santa. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. Bye.